0: G'day, welcome to Partakers in our series Church Moves Ahead where we are looking together at the history of the early church and in particular its persecution. We are taking brief excerpts from an ancient book Fox's Book of Martyrs. This excerpt is entitled Persecutions in the 11th Century. This is the final podcast in this series. Alphage, Archbishop of Canterbury was descended from a considerable family in Gloucestershire and received an education suitable to his illustrious birth. His parents were worthy Christians and Alphage seemed to inherit their virtues. The see of Winchester being vacant by the death of Ethelwold Dunstan, Archbishop of Canterbury, as primate of all England, consecrated Alphage to the vacant bishopric to the general satisfaction of all concerned in the diocese. Dustain had an extraordinary veneration for Alphage, and when at the point of death, made it his ardent request to God that he might succeed him in the Sea of Canterbury, which accordingly happened, though not until about 18 years after Dunstan's death in 1006. After Alphage had governed the Sea of Canterbury about four years, with great reputation to himself and benefit to his people, the Danes made an incursion into England and laid siege to Canterbury. When the design of attacking this city was known, many of the principal people made a flight from it and would have persuaded Alphage to follow their example. But he, like a good pastor, would not listen to such a proposal. While he was employed in assisting and encouraging the people, Canterbury was taken by storm. The enemy poured into the town and destroyed all that came in their way by fire and sword. Alphage had the courage to address the enemy and offer himself to their swords. As more worthy of their rage than the people, he begged they might be saved and that they would discharge their whole fury upon him. They accordingly seized him, tied his hands, insulted and abused him in a rude and barbarous manner, and obliged him to remain on the spot until his church was burnt and the monks massacred. Then they decimated all the inhabitants, both ecclesiastics and laymen, leaving only every tenth person alive, so that they put 7,236 persons to death, and left only four monks and 800 laymen alive, after which they confined the archbishop in a dungeon, where they kept him close prisoner for several months. <coughs> During his confinement they proposed to him to redeem his liberty with the sum of 3,000 pounds and to persuade the king to purchase their departure out of the kingdom with a further sum of 10,000 pounds. As Alphagia's circumstances would not allow him to satisfy the exorbitant demand, they bound him and put him to severe torments to oblige him to discover the treasure of the church, upon which they assured him of his life and liberty, but the prelate, piously persisted in refusing to give the pagans any account of it. They remanded him to prison again, confined him six days longer, and then, taking him prisoner with them to Greenwich, brought him to trial there. He still remained inflexible with respect to the church treasure, but exhorted them to forsake their idolatry and embrace Christianity. This so greatly incensed the Danes that the soldiers dragged him out of the camp and beat him unmercifully. One of the soldiers, who had been converted by him, knowing that his pains would be lingering as his death was determined on, actuated by a kind of barbarous compassion, cut off his head, and thus put the finishing stroke to his martyrdom. April 19, AD 1012 This transaction happened on the very spot where the church at Greenwich which is dedicated to him now stands. After his death his body was thrown into the Thames but being found the next day was buried in the Cathedral of St. Paul's by the bishops of London and Lincoln from whence it was in 1023 removed to Canterbury by Ethelmoth the archbishop of that province. Gerard, a Venetian, devoted himself to the service of God from his tender years Entered into a religious house for some time, and then determined to visit the Holy Land. Going into Hungary, he became acquainted with Stephen, the king of that country, who made him Bishop of Chonad, Ojevo and Peter, successors of Stephen being deposed, Andrew, son of Ladislaus, cousin German to Stephen, had then a tender of the crown made him upon condition that he would employ his authority in extirpating the Christian religion out of Hungary. The ambitious prince came into the proposal, but Gerard, being informed of his impious bargain, thought it his duty to remonstrate against the enormity of Andrew's crime and persuade him to withdraw his promise. In this view, he undertook to go to that prince, attended by three prelates, full of like zeal for religion. The new king was at Alba Regalis, but as the four bishops were going to cross the Danube, They were stopped by a party of soldiers posted there. They bore an attack of a shower of stones patiently when the soldiers beat them unmercifully and at length dispatched them with lances. Their martyrdoms happened in the year 1045. Stanislaus, Bishop of Krakow, was descended from an illustrious Polish family. The piety of his parents was equal to their opulence, and the latter they rendered subservient to all the purposes of charity and benevolence. Stanislaus remained for some time undetermined whether he should embrace a monastic life or engage among the secular clergy. He was at length persuaded by the latter by Lambert Zula, Bishop of Krakow, who gave him holy orders and made him a canon of his cathedral. Lambert died on November 25, 1071 when all concerned in the choice of a successor, declared for Stanislaus, and he succeeded to the prelacy. Bolislaus, the second king of Poland, had by nature many good qualities, but giving away to his passions he ran into many enormities, and at length had the appellation of cruel bestowed upon him. Stanislaus alone had the courage to tell him of his faults, When taking a private opportunity, he freely displayed to him the enormities of his crime. The king, greatly exasperated at his repeated freedoms, at length determined at any rate to get the better of a prelate who was so extremely faithful. Hearing one day that the bishop was by himself in the chapel of St. Michael, at a small distance from the town, he dispatched some soldiers to murder him. The soldiers readily undertook the bloody task. But, when they came into the presence of Stanislaus, the venerable aspect of the prelate struck them with such awe that they could not perform what they had promised. On their return, the king, finding that they had not obeyed his orders, stormed at them violently, snatched a dagger from one of them, and ran furiously to the chapel, where, finding Stanislaus at the altar, he plunged the weapon into his heart. The prelate immediately expired on May 8, AD 1079. Thanks for joining us here at Partakers. Come back real soon, where every day a new podcast is uploaded for the benefit of your life as a Christian disciple. Or come visit us online at www.partakers.co.uk Thank you.